a tribe that lives uh, in the Yonza area, which is probably about twice the size of uh, Alamance County. And the predominant tribe in that area is the Lua tribe. And so they are convinced that the language of heaven is Kilua. And so I helped them out with the Hallelujah, and they really enjoyed that. The funny thing, and I won't say this to them there, is there's also the neighboring tribe, which is the Luya tribe. But I didn't bring up the fact that really what I see in the Bible is hallelujah. But that wouldn't have gone over too well. So praise the Lord. I have to uh, begin by greeting you from the brothers and sisters uh, that share the same father in Africa. And uh, they are so grateful to the church, to the river. They know the river well. And when I get emails, it's please tell the river Um, how much we appreciate them and encourage them in the Lord. Um, I will tell you that the day that I, the last time that I spoke there, I had to let them know that I felt like I was taking away more than I had brought. You know, sometimes we look at um, places uh, with what we see to be more extreme situations than ours, and we think we can get into the we just have to give mode. Um, but the Lord was really gracious that when I was there, I was able to receive from them and, and recognize that, man, these are brothers and sisters in the Lord that have a lot to give. And unfortunately, they've been told for many years that they didn't have anything, and, and, and they're just given, given, given. So part of the, them being reconciled to the Lord is understanding that, wow, we have gifts. We have much to give. We have, research. We have the same Father that lives in us. And I'm just here to tell you there are those that, uh, that I'm really, really honored to serve with. Um, you know, one of the brothers there that we work with uh, was brutally beaten by Muslims and tied while they raped his wife. And then she was beaten and they spent three months in the hospital just trying to recover. These are the people that I was able to serve with there and that um, just love the Lord with all their heart and are really continuing to press forward. Especially, uh, um, you know, it's easy to get caught up in all of the challenges that are going on. You know, we, you know in America, I hear a lot about our government, what's going on, about Ebola and all this stuff, and about the, about the uh, Al-Qaeda or in our area, the area I was, Al-Shabaab, um, and you hear all this about the advancing, and really, if you, were, if you were to tag what are we discussing, it would be the advancement of the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Right? right? So how much of our time do we dwell on, on. And, and, and underscore how well the enemy is advancing? And I think we spend way too much time giving him glory for his advancement. Um, not that we ignore it, not that we don't recognize it, we need to be wise. But how many of us are really expectant of, ex- of, of the expansion and, and, and the moving forward of the kingdom of God? And so I'm excited to tell you that there's a group in Africa that are advancing the kingdom. And that uh, where places there, you know, a lot of the, even villages, you go in and you hear from the mosque the screams of the, of, of, to Allah and to prayer there. And, um, and, but even in those places, we hear the call to prayer 
and, uh, and to proclaim Jesus as King. So, hallelujah. It's a great time to be alive, an exciting time. And I know sometimes we get a little desperate, like, oh my gosh, this is going on, that's going on. I'd encourage you to read the, read the New Testament and really look more closely at what was going on when Paul was moving forward and proclaiming the kingdom of heaven at hand. It was uglier than, you've, than probably most of you imagine. Um, it was a bazillion times more graphic than what we see in the U.S. and even than what we see in, in most of the rest of the world. So um, I just encourage you, the kingdom of light is advancing. So I want to speak a few minutes today. Um, it's actually, uh, this is not the, the time, this particular time is not the time for me to talk about the, the, the elephant that came to wake me up at night or the one that came when I was trying to quietly take a leak behind a tree and he broke the tree down behind me. That'll stop you real quick. Uh, in fact, I don't think I used the bathroom for two days. Um, so there's a lot of, 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 uh, of interesting times that I had there. You know, I spent last uh, Friday night, we had a time to, uh, and, and overnight, some of the men got together and we, we uh, the porters were gracious and we were out there and all the guys were in tents and I was like, dude, I, I don't want to sleep in it. I've been sleeping in a tent for two and a half months. I want to sleep under the stars and not worried about the mosquito biting me and getting malaria, not worried about the lion coming out of the bush or leopard or whatever. I just want to chill under the stars. So that was, that was kind of freeing to not have to be concerned about the dark. I want to uh, to just mention uh, briefly uh, a, the piece about Africa is I got an exciting email a couple days ago. I really went this trip, the first month was spent in what they call the desert, which is actually a semi-arid region, not, not, not really desert desert, but um, it's an area of, of, of what even the people there call their own people, the unreached groups. And it's because they're spread out and it's a very challenging place. But the Lord said, I have sons in the desert and they don't know their father. So will you tell them? So we did. And uh, it's the beginning of, of a work that we have the opportunity to be a part of. And the river is funding the reaching of those who have been unreached and have not had the gospel and are in a very challenging place. And so as we would meet, it would, when it would become dark, the shepherds would bring their the flocks, whether they were camels or goats or sheep or cows, back in. They would um, eat, do their doings, and then they would come around our campsite and just start sitting out, um, sitting out around, and then we would begin to share the gospel. And so young warriors started coming to the Lord, um, women, you know, men. And so we see that, there's an, that they're responding to the gospel uh, in an exciting way. In this area, there are no churches, no cathedrals, no mosques, no clinics, no stores. There's nothing. These people, that's, that's why they've been partly marginalized, is they're just out in this area that is really tough to get to, and there's just nothing there. In fact, what you eat is meat. Um, we would sit around in the evening in a circle um, and just eat. Uh, we'd kill a goat and eat goat meat. In the morning, I'd watch them milking the camels, which is kind of interesting because you don't get on a stool to milk a camel. You stand up. In fact, I'd probably have to get on a ladder <laughs> and uh, milk a camel, and then we'd have chai. 
um, African chai with, with that. So it's an interesting area, but what I want to tell you is that's exciting. We were given real favor um, there um, because even the local people could not believe that we had gone into this area. And so a chief who is over a conservancy, which is like a, it's an area where the animals in the land are being preserved um, by the government, um, I got an email yesterday that they've given us five acres um, to John L. Kellogg and Kingdom Living Now to build um, a building that we're going to use as a training center to train those that will now begin to disciple those that, we, uh, that have been coming to the Lord. How many of you know that when you become a Christian, you become a new spirit, right? A new creation, something that never was before. But how many of you know you still have the same mind? And so the challenge is you go in and take the gospel, you end up with Hindus. That, that have, oh, sure, we'll take Jesus along with everything else. You know, what's another God? Sure, we got somebody else to put on the, on, on the altar. So, um, so it's critical that we be, get, be able to go in now and talk about baptism and baptism in the Spirit and the kingdom and, and what we're about as believers. Um, baptism's a little challenging because wa- where we got water was in about an eight-foot hole uh, down with buckets bringing water up. So I haven't quite figured out how we're going to do that. Another interesting opportunity is most of them have three or four wives. Not, not like in America where we do it one at a time, but all at one time. They, they, uh, they, they, they have them all at once. So anyway, it presents some interesting counseling opportunities when you have all wives present, you know. So praise the Lord. We're learning as we go. I would like to uh, look at, at Psalm 23. And uh, in Psalm 23, if we look at this verse, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I w- will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, what's, what I've seen that's happened is, most of you, I don't think, uh, I, I think we need to understand better his rod and staff, because for most of us, the rod is one thing, and we're not real excited about it. The staff, we have considered that to be the pastor and, and, and the rest of the staff in our church. So his rod and the staff of the river, they comfort us. Today is a Pastor Appreciation Day, and uh, so that presents an interesting uh, opportunity. Um, the last message that I spoke at in, in uh, Usangi was about this very thing, because the pastor there, his name is Born, and his father's name is Peter, and... Uh, uh, Peter and my dad shared together. And in fact, when my dad was there with Peter in a village sharing, Peter went home feeling ill that night. And when my dad got back there the next morning, he had died. And, um, and that was a, an interesting uh, situation. But then, as you know also, dad passed away uh, a little over a year and a half ago. And so now, born, Peter's son and myself are working together which is really, we see that as just a unique um, privilege and, and opportunity. But this guy born went into this village 
And he began uh, meeting um, with those that were passed out in the street. And then he would kind of take them in and um, some of the prostitutes in the area. He would share with them and began a church with two prostitutes and two addicts. And uh, since then, that has really flourished. And uh, so I had, that's where I was for the last two months of the three-month trip. But you know what's easy to do is to look at a guy like Bourne, and when you walk through the village, everybody knows Bourne, from the addict to the prostitute to the shop owner to the Muslim, and, and, and they look for you to pray for them, to counsel them, no matter what the background. So there was times when we sat and we would just take a, one of the drunks in to lunch, and he was drunk when he was eating, but then um, would end up asking to go to, the, to his home and and hug on and love on, just needed a hug and love, and you'd walk away smelling just like reeking of, of it was foul. Um, and one time we were sitting outside, Bourne and I, <clears throat> having a, the afternoon, what they'll have is chips and a soda. They drink more soda in Africa than America ever thought about consuming. It's crazy. But we were sitting there, and he, and he called a lady over, and he said, John, this is one of the lead prostitutes in, in the village here. And so he called her over, and he spoke to her in, in Kilua for a little bit. And then he said, I know John has a word for you, so John, what do you, what do you have to say? <laughs> so that was an interesting opportunity. But really, it's just an opportunity to say, man, Jesus loves you. You know, he knows you and called you to this place to meet so that I could tell you and come all the way from the U.S. to let you know of his love. And that's why Bourne's ministry has been really effective, because... He understands grace and mercy and that God is reconciling people to himself, not trying to make bad people good, but dead people alive. Amen. So Bourne has really laid this foundation, which is amazing. But what I shared with this group as I was leaving is that um, if, you, if we, now we look at Romans chapter 8, Uh, I'm having a little challenge here. In Romans chapter 8, verse 12, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. If you go on down, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the pastors of God. Now, in Africa, really what's been propagated has been religion more than anything. 
And so one of our key messages there is it's, it's relationship, not religion. And so there it's a big deal to be called a bishop, to be called a pastor. It's a prestigious thing, not like in America. But anyway, so they have elevated the position of pastor to this mighty thing. So in Africa, you might say, you know, what church do you go to? Oh, my pastor, he is amazing. Is that what they really ask? What does that tell you about the church? So as I was speaking to them, I said, you know, when now we had a pastor's conference there. When I spoke to the pastors, I said, you know, the way, if I want to understand what's going on in your ministry, what I'll do is look at those that you have influence with. What do they understand about themselves? If I ask them about church, are they just going to talk about the pastor? Oh, our pastor, hallelujah. He'll meet with the prostitutes. He'll get down in the mud with the drunkard. Our pastor, he's an awesome guy. Really? That's awesome. But what about you? Now, when I look at the pastor, I say, brother, what are you teaching? How are you? What are you promoting? Are you promoting that you're the pastor and these are the people? Because if you're not pouring into them and if you're not seeing yourself pop up in different people and you're seeing that somebody else is reaching the prostitute, somebody else is reaching into the business, somebody else is reaching in the home, that people are becoming activated and understanding that the world is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God, not the pastors of God, not the bishops of God. Now, the reason that I mention it that way is because I do think that as we look at Todd, he's an amazing example. And I think all of you would speak highly in that regard. And I've lived with him now for maybe four years. And, and the Lord has allowed us to live life pretty close together and to be able to speak into each other and challenge each other. And... Uh, what I appreciate is I see somebody that's committed himself to Gibsonville and um, committed himself to raising up a group of people that will challenge and change Gibsonville. When I was leaving Usangi, I said, you know, Usangi's not going to change by born doing any more than he's doing in terms of meeting the community. I mean, all day we would be going and praying with people, some of the most bizarre counseling opportunities I'm just like holy mackerel you really have to hear from the father you can't there's no grid to pull this from um and we would meet I've I, you know I told you examples of people we meet with Usangi is not going to change by born being any more than if he'll begin duplicating himself how many of you know we have a drug problem in America how many of you know if we just went and killed all the cartel in South Korea America, it'd all be better. Oh, really? Why? Well, because there's people here that are going to get it from somewhere. So this is a two-headed thing. We have pastors that are all about promoting themselves because that's what they've been taught. And I think there may have been a time when it was more about the mega somebody. You know, the Moses, the Noah, the Paul. There was about a somebody who was really forging ahead and walking with God. But I really believe this is the time when it's about you. It's about sons. It's about children 
becoming sons. And the way that that happens is by maturing and recognizing I have a role to play. I have a part in this and in changing Gibsonville. I'm a part of that. Todd is one piece of it, but his job is to encourage us and to help feed into us so that now we are activated and we do the work of the ministry. Amen? So, I just encourage these folks in Usangi that their that when I came in one year from now <clears throat> to be with them, that what I wanted to see was a bunch of borns. And borns committed that instead of being concerned about really building, bringing people into building a church, if you will, to building the organization and to have lots more people. I said, if not one more person came to your church in the next year, but at the end of that time, you had poured yourself into a group of leaders, and they in turn poured themselves into another group, and people began to mature from children into sons, this place will explode. That's how we're going to take Usangi. That's how we're going to take Gibsonville. Amen? Amen? So, having said that, as I look at the river, I'm very encouraged because I see not only Todd who has said, man, I feel like I'm supposed to maybe be a chaplain in the fire department and then finding out that just being a chaplain in a fire department really doesn't amount to anything unless you're a part of the fire department because the guy's respect and honor of you is going to be more if you're a part of what they're doing from a practical standpoint. So now Todd's been schooling and, and, and is, is a part of the fire department, the volunteer fire department here, um, which takes time, commitment, and, and a lot of things. It's not an easy um, job, or it's not an easy thing to go into a house where everybody else is running out of and you're running in. Um, so I applaud that. I think that's awesome. My question is, what is, our, what is your role? in Gibsonville? What is God calling you to do? And how is it for you to participate? So I want to just continue to encourage, this is just an encouragement that we have such an awesome opportunity, but it's the revealing of the sons of God that is going to change Gibsonville. And sons can't be revealed until they know that they're sons. And so it'd be awkward if, uh, if you have a five-year-old if you have a 20-year-old acting like a 5-year-old, right? I mean, I could give all the funny examples, but the bottom line is it would be very awkward. And so I really want to encourage us that we take stock. Who am I in the Lord? And it's, this is important. The, the kingdom of God, there's, the kingdom of darkness is advancing. We all agree, right? We get it broadcasted every day. We're the, part, we're the, we're the other side of that equation. So let's not get sucked up and lost in that. But let's lose ourselves in being a part of advancing the kingdom of light and working together as a group. I have had the opportunity as I've traveled and been in these other groups to share the things that are happening at the river that encourage me. Where I see people that are be being activated, that are, that are motivated in the Lord, and I see things happening more than I do in many places. So this is not, I'm not using the rod here to talk to you about the staff. I'm, I'm encouraging us that we, that we take stock of who we are and then ask the Lord, what is my role? And I know that if there's a confusion in that or if there's a need to understand, 
Let me tell you, the best way to start is with questions. And so, you know, seek out Todd or myself or others and just say, man, I, I really, I want to charge forward. I want to be revealed as a son. But I know to me, first I need a revelation of what it, what it personally I need that revelation of being son and maturing. So, um, I, I, I kind of wrapped that up with them, and I will with you, saying, in Africa, people will call me apostle, they'll call me pastor. In fact, in Usangi, they called me Right Reverend John Kellogg. Um, but what I told them is what I really want to be known as is a son, a son of God. And, and we all just have different parts to play then. You know, it may be if you're gifted like Mel to lead in worship. That's just a gifting. But it may be that you're called in the marketplace. And part of Kingdom Living Now, we have in the logo two feet. And the significance of that is your footprint is as unique as your fingerprint. No two people's feet will ever go exactly the same place all the time. They'll overlap, they'll walk together, but then they divide. If you're a housewife and you're a mother and you're, and you're raising up a young daughter or a young son, God wants you to help raise them up as, so that they, when, as they mature, they'll be way ahead of where you were when you were their age. And they'll know, wow, I have a purpose beyond just being whatever, you know. If you're in the workplace, if you're a fireman, if, you're a, if you have a business, if you're a teacher, those are all just as important as a pastor. You know, we could start reading the scriptures about the body. Is the hand more important than the foot? If you don't have any feet, you're going to be dragging yourself with your hands and not moving very far, very fast. So a pastor is just a one particular position that God uses to help. Now, it's a very important position. I wouldn't want to not have Todd as my pastor. But I recognize that's just one piece of what the Lord's doing. And each of you are uniquely as important and understanding what your gifts are and what you what the Lord would have you do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things in Africa they would do is say, God is good. And all the time, God is good because that's his nature. Wow, God is good. That's how they said it. So I would like to, um, to just um, to say that we have an, an, we, we have an awesome opportunity in, this, in the river. Um, I know Todd as a brother also. I know that him first as a son, somebody that's pursuing the Lord. And I would say that's above uh, everything. And I know for him, when he went to seminary to get educated, that that's the thing that just about lost him in terms of being a pastor. It was after that that he really struggled with, what the world does this look like now? And I appreciate that he's pursuing the Lord. Todd doesn't... Close your ears for a minute. Todd doesn't get it right all the time. <laughs> Todd makes mistakes. Todd might yell at you if you pull in front of him in it, in it, <laughs> at the wrong time. Yeah. And the Lord's working with him in that area. But he's been clear to share those things with us, right? But I don't think we hear that often. And we tend to put pastors and leaders and people in different places. And they're just somebody that's God's called 
that's more in front than, than not. And I think for most of you, you'd say, thank God I'm not in front and my stuff doesn't get called out in front of everybody. But that's part of being a leader. So I appreciate Todd's heart. And I just want to encourage you. You know, if you have an area um, in this fellowship that you get challenged with, the mature thing is you want to get it right. Todd wants to get it right. So we work together in that, and we share together. Man, this is something I'm not sure I really understand all I know about this thing that you said or this thing that you're doing. Help me understand that. Todd's heart is not to be this position up on top. The other thing I was going to look at is, do you remember, we, in, in Africa, I say, you know, the church in America looks kind of like back in the day when the children of Israel said, Moses, you go to the mountain, you get the word, you come back and tell us what God said, and we'll try to do it. Now, that's the fact is most of our churches in America run that way. And so what that's done is created the monster. So now you have a pastor that becomes more and more elevated, more and more mega, more and more the one you talk about. Oh, our pastor goes to a mountain. Hallelujah. But what about you? Are you on a mountain? That's our opportunity, is that we be on the mountain. So I see the two sides again. Let us not be known as a group that just goes, our pastor is like on the mountain. But let us be the ones that go with them and say, man, let's go to the mountain together. Let's seek the Lord together. Let's hear his word together. And I'll be a part of doing what it is he's called me to do, because as a son, I'm called to do the same thing Todd is. Listen to my father. As a son, you're called to do the exact same thing that Todd is. Listen to your father. And if all you're doing is coming with the old model that says, I, I want Moses to go to the mountain for me, um, you're being encouraged today by the Lord that that's not a correct model. That his model is that his life be in you. Thank you.